This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey. And I I am Chad. You didn't catch me off guard this week, man. (laughs) No, didn't do anything spectacular. I I figured, you know, you you forgot how to call it in the ring, so I... (laughs) Keep it <laughs> speaking, speaking of in the ring, my, my buddy Alex, he showed me a highlight video of you. And I was like, what is this guy doing? I had to text you go, brother, you need to slow down. You're a little too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> you do, I mean, dude, I was like, I'm very impressed, man. Very impressed. Oh, I was like, well, brother can still go. The, the highlight <laughs> video, I think, I think sped it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, it did. Yeah, because I was <laughs> – you know, you watch the match. I, I was not going exactly that. Uh, I was not going exactly that fast. I thought so. <laughs> but, you know, in that, that opening spot with the, uh, you know, where he caught me with the, the arm drags and the he did the couple of leapfrogs and stuff like that. And I was like, shoot, I ain't going to let this young punk. Hey, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Brothers, what? I don't know, 160 pounds, if that. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I go into those kind of situations, and I'm thinking, you know, watch this. Right. I'm. I ain't gonna let these young punks show me up. You're like me, man. <laughs> You're like me. No, dude, it was. Yeah, I knew it was sped up a little bit, but I was like, this guy, he's rolling. Hey, Alex, the match. The match actually, the match went great. Went off without a hitch. Uh. Nate, he is, he's a kid that I kind of mentored when he first started. And, you know, I went to a show that he, he was working on and, and the booker, he's like, Hey, uh, I'm, I'd like to put you in a, in an angle with Nate and, you know, just get out there and just teach him. And I said, okay. Just work. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, uh, but, but Saturday uh, was the first time that we had worked with each other in five years. And, Hey, he he's doing great, but uh, but yeah, I, I ain't I ain't gonna let them no. young, young uh, whippersnappers show me up. When I know, and, and that's the thing I love about being healed. When uh-huh. I'm ready to slow it down, I I just, <laughs> I'll tie you up in a knot and hold you there for a minute. Exactly, dude. That's that, you know we'll get on a wrestling talk here for a minute. I guess it was November twenty fourth or twenty something. So, or no, I'm sorry, August. You know, I'm, I'm all jacked up with dates, but I was doing a show for my buddy Alex. So I was off the podcast at that time, but I worked George South that night. Yeah. And it just, it took me back, man. Cause we literally, we, we knew what a finish was going to be, but the whatever, 10 or 12 minutes we wrestled, it was all called in the ring. And I remember George getting to the back and he just shook my hand. He goes, you're why I love pro wrestling. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, man, it's just, he goes, I get in the ring with some goofs sometimes, <laughs> you know, George calls everybody a goof and he goes, yeah. I just don't know how to call it. And and that's what I love about some of those, like that crowd that you worked in front of looked like a, like just a Southern crowd. It probably loved an arm drag. Exactly. And there's something about that, man, just getting out there and going, you know what, let's just go out there and have fun. And cause you, you I mean, with WWE, you, I mean, I had fun with certain matches with Elias and stuff, but you couldn't just go out there and call it. And they had to have everything painted by numbers and man, it just took the fun out of it. You know, at anarchy years ago, we would go out there and just bro wing it. Yeah. And listen to the people. And there's a story. That's that's professional wrestling. That's just a story. And um, so, I mean, that's that was just when I wore George, man, it was just a, a breath of fresh air. I was like, dude, if I could wear George every night, I'd wrestle another 50 years. No, oh, you know, because he's doing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's, I know. 
Well, that's the, that's the thing too. I, I love uh, I love working with younger guys like that. Of course, you know you know my old tag partner Brian Rivers. We oh yeah we we used to we used to uh, we were kind of mean, but you know we would we would go to these locker rooms and these these little Ring of Honor kids or whatever come up and they're like, hey. Uh, would you mind if we do this, 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 and I mean, they're like every punch, every eye poke, every every collar and elbow, everything, and and we just let them call their stuff, and then we'd get in the ring, and we'd be like doing our nose to nose thing, or when one of us would lock up, say, "Hey, remember all that stuff you called? We're not doing any of it. We're not doing." And bullies. Yeah, we would just, we, and a lot of times we would actually, we would actually do it, but just to, just to get them rattled, it oh, was just fun. I love it. Uh, but love it, man. But no, I mean, I, I remember having, um, I remember having several matches with people uh, come up. Hey, uh, do you guys, you know, and some people, you know, there's actually some respectful kids out there that, which is nice. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, would you would you mind if we called a few things, or how would you guys prefer to do it? And you know, a, a lot of times we'd be like, "Hey, you know, let's get a structure, but let's just walk and talk." And man, I can't tell you how many times I walked back to the locker room with some kid, and they just come up and shake my hand and pretty much bow to me. Yeah. Say, man, I have never done that. That was so awesome. I have never done that. And I'm like, are you it's kidding? So fun. I know. Yeah. I mean, what's crazy? What happened to going out there and listening to the people? And here's the thing, and I, I people don't like people don't like hearing this, but uh one of you know when I was being mentored by Ted Allen, one of the things I remember uh because there was a show for uh we were on a, a show down uh in Atmore, Alabama, and it was for yeah. Wild Samoan Sika. Bad, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, and so they put me and Ted in the main event, and I'm like a couple of years in, and yeah. man, I'm nervous. Like, the Samoans are there. The Fargos are there. This is kind of like a Pensacola wrestling reunion. Oh, yeah. What in the world? About- so I'm like nervous, and I'm pacing around, and I'm like uh, – uh, Ted, uh, what do we want to do out there? And I'd rode with him for a little while, but this was the first time that I'd actually worked with him. And I'm like, uh, what, what do we want to do out there? What do we want to do out there? You know? And, uh, he's like, we'll figure it out. He didn't even, he didn't even give me a finish. And we went out there. And then I remember on the way back, he said, he told me, he said, listen, he said, you can do what you want to do. He said, but here's the way I look at it. He said, it takes a brain to memorize a match. Right. It takes talent to go out there and listen to the people and wing it and still get over. There you go. Man, that's what they did all the eighties and nineties, bro. That's yeah. how they got, man, it's, I know you talked to Shawn Michaels and he was like, that's how we did it. Even, even TV back then. He goes, we didn't call matches. I mean, your big matches. I'm sure they put big things together, but right. dude, it's, it's, it is a lost art. It is a yeah. lost art. So it's uh man. Wrestling Talk 101, buddy. I'm I do have a praise report. So last, you know, and I mentioned last episode, I was um, speaking at a church in Burlington, North Carolina um, with uh, Faith Force. To, you know, I go in and tear phone books and do all this fun stuff like Power Team. So me, Jeff, uh, Alex, and and Riley, a gentleman from 
Texas came in and did it for a church. Man, there was 10 to 12 that gave their life to Jesus. And I think I mentioned you, one of them was like a 65 year old Catholic. Wow. And just a mighty move of the Lord, bro. It was so awesome to see. And, and majority of them were youth. And that's what like got my heart. I mean, just seeing these kids open up to, you know, the gospel, um, you know, a lot of these kids are going to that church. So that showed me that some of them weren't saved going to the church and uh, the pastor, pastor Josh was just, you, you could tell his heart. Cause we all said a prayer before, before um, the service started and you could just feel his heart, man. Like one of those pastors that has a longing. Um, and I talked to him a longing for the next generation, <clears throat> just a longing for, to share the gospel, man. But just a praise report, bro, to see, you know, 10, 12 people come to the altar. Uh, one of them, the 65 year old Catholic man, I'm like, yeah. and look, that's not me bashing, you know, Catholics by any means, but you know, here's a man that's probably lived in legalism his whole right. life, Yeah, you know? And then really that night he was like, he experienced who Jesus was just yeah. by my short testimony. And then Riley, the other gentleman shared, um, just the power of the gospel, man. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. That is amazing. There's so many, sadly, who have, have been brought up in, in religion and legalism. And, you know, they don't, they have not experienced the true moving and operation of the Holy spirit. They've not experienced that true tug of the spirit to, to surrender their lives to Jesus and, and to the right. leading of the Holy spirit. There's, Man, and I mean, it's a sad thing to say, but there's a lot of people who sit on church pews and church seats every time the doors are open that are going to, you know, at this moment, they're they're going to spend eternity in hell because they think, oh, going to church is my going to church is my, uh, you know, that's that's I'm all good as long as I go to church. Right. Not at all what it's about. It's great to go to church, but. Going to church is not salvation. It's not how you uh, you get salvation. It's by truly believing and surrendering uh, your life to Jesus. One of, one of my favorite verses that I don't know if it's my favorite. It's one that kind of kicked me in the teeth, really. Uh, but Jesus in Luke 6, 46, he he tells the people, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say. Right. And I mean, that's just like, you know, the Bible is clear. It's not about just repeating a prayer, getting water baptized, doing sacraments, going to church, paying tithes and all that. All, uh, you know, that stuff is good and it's part of it, but it's not about, it's not just about that. It's about surrendering your life to the leadership of the Holy spirit. Yeah, and, and being conformed into the image of Christ. So there's so many who need to hear that gospel message. And I, I'm thankful for that man who who was there and who was able to to hear the truth preached. And man, uh, he's a new creation today for it. He is. How many people, my pastor spoke on this last week, and it just reminded me as you brought up that, that verse, man, that how many, man, how many Christians how many churchgoers, I should say, um, are doing this, doing this, doing this. And one day, as the Bible says, they're going to go, well, Lord, I did this in your name. I did this in your name. I did this. But Jesus is going to say, I, I, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. I don't know you. Like, dude, to hear those words, I don't know you. And to think that you lived a good life, you lived a good life. But Riley said this last week, a gentleman as part of the ministry, he said, um, you, you can just because you go to church doesn't make you a believer in Jesus. 
Right. You know, it, 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 he goes, I can go to McDonald's. Doesn't mean I'm a hamburger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it's so true. Like for years, man, I would go to church on a Sunday and we talked about this numerous times, but I didn't have that fellowship and that relationship with Jesus, which is what it's about. That's when we step into that whole new realm uh, that we always talk about on this podcast, dude. And this is so true. I can't imagine because there is some out there that's standing in the pulpit um, that are going to one day stand before Christ and he's go up. He's going to say, I never knew you. Oh, man, I, I, man, I can't, I can't fathom that. So um, yeah, it's just, it's about a relationship with our savior, man. And that word knew that word there uh, is when you look at it in its original language, it is talking about an intimate relationship that a husband has with his wife. Right. You know, you know, your spouse, like nobody else knows them. And so it's a, that's the kind of relationship that we're called to have with Jesus. It's not just a surface relationship. It's not just, Oh yeah, I I believe in my mind, but it's never made as Nikita always says, it's never made that 18 inch trip down to your heart. There's so many who, who have a head knowledge but they don't have a heart knowledge. And until it has pierced your heart and, and you can memorize all the verses you want to, you can, you can memorize the teachings and even try to live by the great moral teachings of the Bible. But until Jesus has actually penetrated and transformed your heart, yeah. you're not born again. No, you're right, man. It's, how, it's, it's really how you think and how you act. And I was speaking to a friend the other night about this. And told them, you know, it's it is about that fellowship with with Jesus. So many are missing out on that, and it's not it's not his fault. It's yeah. their fault. You know, it's their fault that they just think, oh, it's okay if I go to church on just Sunday, and then I'm okay, man. But it's about, you know, and you don't have to be checklist legalistic about it. And you know, some mornings I get up, I read for five or ten minutes because of my schedule. Yeah, but I'm trying constantly to. As soon as I wake up, my feet hit the floor before I ever pick up a stupid cell phone. Just going. Lord, I'm yours today. Going to my kitchen table, man, opening up my word, reading a psalm, praying, doing something yeah. just to have that communion with the Father. And it's amazing. Driving to work. I drive 45, 50 minutes to work every morning, worship music, and, and a lot of times just conversations with God, man. Yeah. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be at, at an altar, bro. You don't have to be on your face all the time. There's times for that, but there's times when you're just driving, man, you're talking to the Lord. Cause literally he's sitting, he's sitting in, in the passenger seat. Technically, he's driving for me, but he is sitting there. He's like fellowship with me, man. And that's where I just want to, um, we talk about taste and see. You can't mm-hmm. taste and see unless you take your time to sit down and enjoy a meal or enjoy fellowship. You can't taste and see. It's mm-hmm. the same with Jesus. You're not going to taste and see his goodness until you stop and rest in his presence, bro. That's exactly right. You brought up something about him <clears throat> him with you. Uh, I was driving down the road the other day and I was I was praying as I'm going, you know, the apostle Paul, he says, pray without ceasing. Yeah. Yes, so, sir. you know, that, that don't mean that you have to be on your knees constantly and never move. And, right. you know, Oh, leave me alone. I got to pray without ceasing. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I can't go to work. I got to pray without ceasing. I, I can't go do this. I got, you know, that don't, that don't mean that it means that you have the mind of Christ and you're constantly focused on the things of God all day long. Like you're talking about you, you read and you know, you get up with your, your mind focused on Jesus. You read, 
you renew your mind, you you walk out the door, you're driving to work, you're thinking about the things of God, you're filling your ears and your eyes with the things of God constantly. And so that's what praying without ceasing is. So you can be in a constant attitude of prayer uh, by just keeping your mind and your, your heart and your thoughts on the things of God constantly. And so, uh, but I was driving down the road the other day and I saw one of those tags and it has never stuck out to me, but it was one of those tags on the front of some, someone's car as I passed them. And it said, Jesus is my co-pilot. <laughs> yeah. And immediately the Holy spirit spoke to me and he said, they've got a problem. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I mean, it just all started clicking together. I was like, yeah, uh, he's not the co-pilot. You, you might want him to be your co-pilot, but right, no, right. he wants to be the pilot. You yeah. sit over there and be the co-pilot. You say, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, you lead whatever you want, wherever you want to fly this plane, let's go. You know, yeah. you know, that's something that a lot of people, a lot of people have it in their minds. Hey, um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm going through my life and, you know, I'll, I'll pull Jesus out when I need him. I'll ask Jesus for help when I need him, you know, and, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. Right. It's funny you're bringing that up, man, because um, I was listening to Francis Chan the other day, a message he was preaching, and he was talking about how many of us treat Jesus. Um, imagine you, you you get a new car. It's got a nice big trunk in it. You got your spare tire back there. And we treat Jesus like a spare tire. He goes, Jesus, you'll just put Jesus in the trunk. Yeah. And he goes, when you when you have a problem, you got a flat, you pull over, you open up the trunk, you pull out that spare tire because you need it. And he said, you know, then then some of us put Jesus in the back seat. Hey, Jesus, I want you to ride with me. I want you in the back seat. You know, I'll talk to you whenever kind of thing, whatever I need to, you know, maybe go to you about things. And he goes, that's our relationship. We either use him as a spare tire. We use him as a passenger when we feel like talking to him, but he goes, no, 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 no. You need to get out of the driver's seat. You need to let Jesus sit there and you need to be in the passenger seat. And he guides your life and drives your life. And I was like, dude, that's incredible to think about people. And and I've done it. Mm -hmm. Jesus was my spare tire, bro. I went yeah. to the Bible when things were rough and when things were good, I didn't. And I was like, man, that's, that's an amazing picture he painted with a car. Exactly. Man, that's, it's so true. We need to be spirit led. Let the Holy spirit lead us in that. Let's switch gears a little bit. All right. Uh, it's probably going to be controversial conversation and and we're not trying to, uh, we very rarely ever talk about politics or, or anything like that. And we know that talking about this, we're going to get uh, mud slung at us and, and we're going to get, you know, your racist comments and everything. But I'm going to try to try to say this, uh, how I'm going to try to say this as gracefully as I can and just ask and try to engage the question. So uh, I was sent a thing the other day uh, from a very popular uh, black pastor. And well, I'll just say it, Creflo Creflo Dollar. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, he's got the big church uh, around Atlanta. Honestly, I've never, you know, I've heard of him. 
for a long time. You know, I've never really uh, felt led to sit down and listen to him or whatever. So I don't know what he preaches. I don't know. You know, I'm. He says he's a gospel preacher, so I, I'm just leaving it at that. I don't know. I've never. He's one of those that I've never sat down and listened to. So I can't. I can't judge his his uh, his words or his motives. Yeah. So, uh, but I was sent this clip where he had uh, Stacey Abrams, the lady who is running for governor of Georgia. Uh, she was sitting in the church and and he makes the comment something along the lines of, uh, let me say this uh, to see how it sounds. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, Governor Stacey Abrams is in attendance with us today. Yeah. And, you know, the people clapped and, and everything. And then he said, he said, that sounds pretty good. So uh, you guys know what you need to do to make that come true, right? Uh, right. You know, basically saying, Hey, get out and vote. You know, if you've not already done it, get out and vote. And, uh, and so as I was listening to that, it just, I I know what this woman stands for from, from what I've heard, you know, I don't, I don't sit and watch the news constantly. I don't sit and focus on politics constantly. Um, but I know from what I've read and what I've seen on this lady, I know what she stands for. She's pro-abortion. She's, you know, so uh, my question would be this. If, if that's a, if that's a pastor, a true preacher of the gospel, do, does people like that, do they have a desire and listen before, before we go on this, I don't care if it's a black person, white person, brown person, pink person, purple person who is in power. I don't care if it's a a black man, white man, yellow man in uh, as president or, or governor or senators or whatever. So uh, as long as they are, uh, standing for what I believe, then then I'm totally. <clears throat> and you know we've talked about it before. I don't claim to be a Republican or a Democrat or a Independent or whatever. I I'm a Christian, and so yeah. whatever morals line up closest to the Word of God, that's that's the the one that I'm you know for. That's right. Uh, not saying that their history and and everything about them is absolutely perfect. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying whichever one's platform, and I'm not even like I said, not even actually talking about the person, but whichever one's platform is closest to lining up with the word of God. Um, that's the one that I'm for. So <clears throat> to, uh, Mr. Dollar and others maybe like him, I would like to know for, for my black Christian friends, does people like that, and maybe you're listening and maybe it's you. Do you actually stand for everything like abortion and things that Stacey Abrams stands for? Right. Or does your desire to see a black person in a position of power override your Christian morals and beliefs? Yeah. Have we come to, have we, have we started to um, worship the parties and 
the flag opposed to worshiping the Lord. You know what I mean? We're worshiping the Lord first. So we've got to stand on that truth to the gospel, man. We've talked about this before that some of these things, uh, I said it earlier, you know, if I do believe if Billy Graham was still alive, he would not vote Democrat because of the things that we're seeing with the abortion. Uh, it's just like a radical to me, a cult movement in a way. And you see some of the, the Democrats parting the party per se, mm-hmm. yeah. leaving their Democrat ways or what. And so, I mean, yeah, when you sent me that, man, at first of all, what blew my mind was, and I've been in a church where somebody got like a, you know, a standing ovation, but I mean, they were cheering this lady, like she was Jesus Christ walked through the front doors. Right. And then when he said that, I was like, Oh man, like we're bringing politics into the church, which listen, I believe and my pastor said, you, the church has to bring up these, um, the things that are going on in the world politically, like we have to stand on the, the word of God. We have to speak against these things, but we don't come in and, and start going, Oh, vote for this lady. You know what you got to do. And yeah, man, you know, and it's not, it's not a racial thing. You and I've talked about it. Um, it is it coming down to I'm voting for this person because they are black mm-hmm. or am I putting that in front of my morals and my beliefs on the word of God? Am I just voting for this person because it's a black woman or a black man? Cause I'm like you, dude, if there's a black man that comes in and runs for president and he is standing on the firm foundation of God and good morals, bro, yeah. I'm all in. They, I yeah. don't care. And that's, exactly. I think that's what we're seeing, bro. We see it with Al Sharpton, who is basically making stupid money off of the African-Americans, like mm-hmm. taking advantage of them. If we want to go that deep into the hole, yeah. And I feel like that's what we see happening is, is, um, you know, yes, submit to government authorities. We had an episode about this a long time ago. Yeah. But there's a time when you go, no, I can't submit to that because it's wrong. You, now, you can right. sit here and say, well, abortion's not in the Bible. Yeah, it is. Thou shalt not murder. You are yeah. murdering and ripping a child apart. That is murder. Right. And we can sit here and talk about uh, homosexuality is not in the Bible. Yes, it is. That Sexual is. immorality. I mean, yeah. come on now. Man and woman. But, dude, it's just like what what's happening in America now, I think, is – um, they're starting to worship these parties instead of worshiping God. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing too, <clears throat> I'll take it. I'll take it a step further. And for those who, who may have got offended at what I just said uh, right. about the, is it just wanting to see a black person in power and that overriding your Christian morals? It, ask us the same question. If we were, if there was a, a good black man who stood for uh, stood for Jesus, stood for the morals of the Bible, and then there was a white man, uh, would you expect us to vote for the white man? Just over, yeah, I mean, this man, he stands for everything that we're against. He stands for immorality, stands for abortion and, and all that. I'll just tell you flat out, I'm voting for the black man or the brown man or whoever is lining up with the word of God. Yes. That's who yeah. I'm that's that's where I'm going. I'm not voting yeah. for somebody just because I want a white man in power. I'm right. not I don't care. I don't care. I don't care, man. I'm I just don't understand it. And I would like I would actually like some feedback. And I know we're we're gonna get the Y'all are racist, blah, 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 okay. comment. Yeah. That's, that's, I want feedback because I want to understand this because I have seen 
uh, a lot of people who are like that, who will mm-hmm. vote for someone because of their skin color or vote for someone because of their political party, yet they claim to stand against everything that that person or that party stands for. Right. Yep. I want to know what you're, I would like to engage in conversation and find out where you're coming from, because there is absolutely nothing that should override our biblical morals. There's nothing that should override the convictions of the Holy Spirit. And if you say, well, I don't have the same convictions on things like abortion or homosexuality or, or any type of sexual immorality, whether it's, uh, you know, woman, woman, man, man, man and woman, you know, sex mm-hmm. outside of marriage or, you know, whatever, any kind of immorality, then there's a problem uh, because if the Holy Spirit truly lives in you, you know, he is, he's convicting you according to what's lining up with this Bible. And so there's certain things in the Bible, you know, we can have from time to time, we can have, well, it's my conviction not to eat this kind of food. And, you know, you don't have that same kind of conviction. That's totally fine. But when it flat out says (laughs) that things are sin, that Mm -hmm. things are against the will of God, those are things that we don't have to wait on convictions for. It's plain. In, in black and white, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's on the pages of the Bible. So I would like to, I would like to know, honestly, uh, how, how people who claim to be Christians can, can vote for these kind of things, and if people who are Christians are just voting for a person's skin color or, or political party, if so, um, there's a big problem if they're putting, if they're putting that above, uh, the, the beliefs of the Bible. Yeah. Well, do this, do the research, man. First of all, do the research on, on what's happening is the media. So many people, so many people are, um, are so into, um, so into the media and okay, I'm going to let this leave me, let this, do the research on your own and understand what's going on is there is a division. And that's what the media is trying to do is divide, divide, divide. And the Bible says in Psalm 133 that it's good and pleasing to the Lord when brothers dwell and come together in unity. Yeah. You know, man. And that's what we have to do as Christian brothers and sisters is realize like what we're voting for and what the media is trying to do. And this is a, a just a circus going on right now where uh, we talked about it before, where the, the creation has stopped worshiping the creator and started to worship now other parties or social media, media. Okay. Yeah. This, that, and that. And dude, that's what's happening is, is there's a division going on that's pulling the, the church apart from the seams. And we have to find a way to come back together in unity and stand boldly on the foundation of the word of God. That's what we have to do, brother. That's, that's exactly right. So as we wrap up, that's, I just wanted to leave that question. I know elections coming up next week. Uh, I, I just wanted to leave people with that. And, and anybody who wants to have a civil conversation, uh, you know, we're, we're free. Uh, we would love to have a conversation with you about it not hatred and, and slinging mud at each other. But I mean, if you wanted to have a civil conversation, maybe, maybe you see something that we're not seeing. Maybe, maybe you can explain something that will, you know, maybe we'll go, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. 
I, I kind of understand that a little better. So right. we're we're open for for dialogue, you know. So love to. Uh, if, if anybody you know has any questions, thoughts, comments, um, feel free to email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. Um, also, before we get out of here, uh, Kingdom Family Gathering, 280 Campbell Road, Benton, Tennessee. That's at the Boys and Girls Club. We have youth meetings uh, every Sunday at 5 p.m. That's for ages 12 and up. And then all ages worship at 6. So if you're in the area and would like to come worship with us, feel free to do so. Um, and we would love to have you. You got anything? No, uh, yeah, November 15th, me and my buddy Alex are going up to the uh, Black Mountain, I believe it is, or Bear Mountain here in North Carolina. There's a, there's a, a teen home we're going to that, um, real quick, man, it's it's just a good opportunity. Alex got his foot in the door with these folks to share the gospel. It's a Christian home. It's also a big facility that could possibly, we're going to trust the Lord on this, be a good spot for a remnant youth retreat one day. So awesome. pray for us on that, November 15th, uh, just to be able to pour into these kids. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Share. Let everybody know about the Wrestling for the Faith podcast. Come see me live tonight at Renegade Championship Wrestling, 3890 Alternate 52 in Chatsworth, Georgia. Doors open at 7 p.m. and bell time is at 8. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at RealCaseyCage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.